Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? It's time, it's time, it's time for show and tell. <laughs> That's the song that we sing here in time for show and tell. No, for the musical coming. It's true, I wish okay. I was a singer. But it's not. It's time for show and tell. It's me, Lady Ada. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. And behind us is the Adafruit factory. We design, test, ship, manufacture all the electronic goodies you know and love. We've got show and tell, our favorite almost half an hour of the week, where you get to see what people from around the world are doing, including some Adafruit folks who love to show you behind the scenes what's happening and uh, their homes and workshops. So let's take it off with some Adafruit folks and we'll get to other people's. Let's start off with Scott. What's Hello. Um, this week I have a keyboard to show as always. Keyboards. Uh, keyboard, well, yeah, I suppose. Two halves of one. Yeah. This is the one. Okay. Not hit my mic. It's called a keyboardio, and it's supposed to be really hacker friendly. And it's nice because you can split it. And the stands that have it are not straight. So depending on how you angle it on the stands themselves, you get a different tenting is what it's called. Um, and I'm very excited about doing that because what I'm finding is my current keyboard, when I rest my hand, it's down below and causes my wrist to be crooked. But if I can tent it so that my hands like the palm rest is higher than the keys itself. I'm hoping that will make my hands happier. Um, and this has also got me thinking about the idea of like, if I want to redo one of these circuit boards so I can run circuit Python on it, how do I do it in a way that when we come out with some like even cooler microcontroller hardware stuff that I can just like pop in a new module and get the new stuff rather than having to spin a full board that has all the keys mm -hmm. on it. Um, so I've been been brainstorming uh, some ideas on how to make that happen, specifically looking at M2 connectors. Um, What's an M2 a, connector? It's like for a, uh, like a SSD. Like you, you slot it in and then uh, you screw down the other side oh. uh, to get it to ah, sit ah. in there. Yeah. Um, they're like, you know, a dollar-ish um, okay. on DigiKey and singles. So that's, and, you know, it's like super popular, just like RAM connectors. Like I looked at how the Raspberry Pi does it with their so dim stuff and it's- Oh yeah, yeah. Similar okay. idea. Um, All right, cool. But yeah, so I'm thinking about that, um, although I'm actually trying to do partial screen updating. So hopefully by the end of the week, I'll have that going as well. Uh, won't, won't be trying the new keyboard until I do. All right, sweet. Thanks for the update. People love hacking keyboards and displays. All right, next yeah. up. Yeah, they got really cool stuff. I'm excited to try it. Yes, more keyboards. Never enough. Phil B, what is going on with your Pixel Geniusing? Hi, yeah, uh, we have been. But um, at the moment, I've been like really nerding out over the TI speaking spell from the late 70s, early 80s. Um, this is a goofy educational toy I think we all had. And there is a library for Arduino called Talkie, and it simulates a different speech chip that was used in the TI-99-4A. It's slightly different, and I had to make some tweaks to it, but I was able to get it to replicate the original speak and spell voice. And the reason I'm just, I'm nerding out over it is that um, each of these speech synthesizers had its own accent. You know, like there was the Radio Shack chip and the TI-99 and the speak and spell and Sam and Amiga and stuff. They're not interchangeable. And, you know, if you want something to sound like a specific nostalgic device, you really have to emulate that device. It's just, it's not right. It's like like Kermit's voice when someone takes over the character, 
kids know that's not really the right voice. So um, anyway, I made tweaks to the uh, talkie library so that um, it's actually speaking like speak and spell language now. Um, now spell mosquito. That is correct. So this is this is coming out of a, a Pi Gamer rather than the, the speak and spell. But there, there's a there's a particular accent to it, and so I was I was just really nerding out about getting that going, um, and it's neat. I could talk about it for hours because there's just funny trivia about the thing. Um, it's not phoneme based, and it's not really uh, sampling. Uh, it's it's using a type of synthesis called linear predictive coding, and they actually had this suitcase computer that they would roll around to a studio or an office. And so when when the the speak and spell talks, that's like that's a specific dude. You know, that is like one guy that sat there and said all those. And then it's like this super lossy compression that you're hearing, and that's why you can't get a speak and spell to just say anything. You have to um, you have to have these little snippets out of ROM that were recorded a thousand years ago in this in this TI office. Um, one of the words I'm playing back, though, mosquito. mosquito, that was never in the speak and spell dictionary that you have to spell. That I found like an orphaned word off in the ROM that, that <laughs> ended up not being used. Oh, so, so you're, you're like actually uncovering like the hidden mysteries of the speak and spell. Yes, exactly. Um, also, because of the way audio is encoded, a pitch is a separate variable. Like I said, it's not really sampling. And you can actually tweak. Now spell. The, the sound, the voice coming out of it, the pitch. Uh, now spell So you can adjust the pitch independent of the speed. Um, I think it's really cool just because I'm, I'm a nerd. I don't know that it has practical applications, but I'm excited about it. This is the best History Channel show I've seen in a long time. I know. This, this is, is way better than Ancient Aliens. We're in for sure. Um, this is neat because I, I, what would be cool is to have maybe a blog post or something if you're willing to do it dialects of the speech synthesis because it's you know like there's a southern accent there's like a boston accent it'd be neat to like which accent is from what chip or something like that yeah like i said it's it's um it's so specific to the uh, manufacturer the, the speak and spell or that line of speech chips unique was you had inflections and and uh accents and stuff unlike sam or others which were just a monotone because this yeah. was actually a, a person speaking, essentially, uh, it, it picked up this nuance. I mean, it kind of trashed the nuance, but there's still, there's a distinctive uh, tone to, to each each product using those speech chips. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> that's just nice to have around at all times. It's like, whatever you say, it's like, that's correct. Like, yeah. I like this. So you can still soundboard. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do a soundboard with, because there's, there's, you know, dozens of words in there. Um, I'll, I'll make something for one of our, our boards, maybe the, the Pi, uh, the Pi portal, um, that you can just play back some of these things and, and, you know, relive the, that, that voice that I think a lot of us know and we want to hear that voice. Yeah. Okay. All right. The comforting voice of, of your robotic mother. All right. No, and Pedro, <laughs> what are you uh, 3D printing today? Hey, folks. Hey I, I I would suggest the uh, the neo trellis because I like the squishiness of the elastomers. It's fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, we've been experimenting and playing around with uh, print in place uh, hinges, uh, particularly for making a, a a crank for these rotary encoders. We got these little rotary encoders. 
these are really fun. Where's my camera? Is that it? Okay, there it is. So yeah. these guys have little knobs, and so we made a little accessory. So you could turn a boring old rotary encoder into a very fun and hip new <laughs> crank. <laughs> so this is a one single piece that has this uh, sort of hinge inside of there. Uh, so it prints flat on the bed. It doesn't require any support material to 3D print. And you get this uh, this sort of double articulating piece here. And then uh, this sort of handle also swivels. And none of these parts can be disassembled, so you can't take them apart. And they are printed as it is, so there's no assembly required. Um, yeah, so we are playing around with uh, different enclosure ideas to kind of kind of make this so that it hides in the thing. Oh, I just popped it out. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's fun because it is supposed to come out. So flat edge kind of fits in there, and then you can do sort of this number here, and then it hides into itself like that. You can still click it because it has that click in there. Cool. So we're thinking about making this into its own kind of USB head device so that we can plug it into any old computer and kind of have our little crank accessory so we can, uh, I don't know, turn the brightness or something else. Um, for rolling terms of service. Sure. That's a pretty fun <laughs> idea. I think I like that. So we might be able to do that with one of these guys, a little Trinket M0 running yeah. Python. Which is actually inside here. Which is actually, we kind of already did this, didn't we? With the, yeah. <laughs> with the sort yeah, of a different yeah, this is this is crank. But yeah, we, this is just a, a kind of an idea that that we did a couple of years ago. So there's a rotary encoder, and uh, you know it's got a new pixel ring. So I'm turning up the brightness on my computer, um, and then uh, you could also plug this into uh, our our pages project here. As so you can make like the fishing game everybody was uh, commenting about. Yay! There yeah, that works with that too. Yeah, so we'll release all these, I think, next week. Yeah, I have the hinges already on Thingiverse if you guys want to check it out. I got a blog post up uh, so folks can download it and uh, try it out so they can uh, crank it up. Crank it up. There you go. Yeah. All right, thanks, right. Pedro. Exciting. Hi, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. right, next up, hey, Melissa, what are you up to? Hi. Okay. Uh, I am up to uh, working on adding boards like the Orange Pi R1 into Blink so that uh, we can run CircuitPython on these. Um, the board I'm working on right now is the Odroid C2. I just added the Orange Pi R1 to a guide page, and that's already included now. So this one should be included soon. And yeah. so I'm working on going through and figuring out all the pins and everything that need to be done and the board definitions and everything. So That's good, because then people can use the libraries that we've written. It'll be fun, especially like I know people are always asking, hey, we want to use your OLED library on this random board. And I'm like, I have no idea what that is, and I don't know what pins are I2C, but now we'll have uh, We'll just do up all the different Linux boards that are out there. I mean, it's definitely an ecosystem now. There's dozens, uh, if not you know, hundreds of different uh, Linux uh, boards or, or router or open WRT boards. So um, yeah, ha having people get access to Linux, but then also be able to use hardware is a plus. And you're going to guide them through it. <laughs> OK, well, people can check out uh, circuitpython.org slash Blinka to see boards as they yeah. pop in. Expect like one every week or That's two. That's where we have everything. So circuitpython.org, there's a new link up top um, for Blinka. There's also circuitpython.org slash downloads, and we have almost 60 boards. So we'll probably catch up with the um, single board computers with Blinka pretty soon. 
And uh, also some uh, news. Everybody welcome Melissa Tatafruit. Melissa is working with us um, full time. Thank you. Uh, in the chats and everything. Warm welcome. Thanks for all of your, your work helping in Discord, Melissa, and also all the um, goodies that people will be able to do with Linux, which is nearly impossible unless you do something like Blinka. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right, sweet. All right. Next up, JP. Hey. Uh, so real quick, I loved the speak and spell thing that Phil was talking about. And it reminded me of a quick related story, which was uh, back in the late 90s, I worked for IBM. And I was in Atlanta, Georgia at a, a facility we had there. A team from their speech recognition division, wherever that was, was going around the country getting samples of people to broaden their, their abilities. And so I went in at one point and read words for a couple of hours. And then afterwards, I was chatting with them and said, oh, yeah, where are you from? I said, well, I, I grew up in right outside of Poughkeepsie. Like, we did not need to travel to Atlanta, Georgia to get the voice sample of a guy from Poughkeepsie because that's basically where IBM is headquartered. So yeah. yeah, I threw off their Atlanta results a little bit with that. And I've always felt But that. you know, that's that's part of what, you know, in, in America, people are moving around constantly. So no you're going to hear all sorts of accents it's, it's from around the world. It's all gone. Uh, all right, well, you're, you're now in the IBM synthesis. The IBM. I loved that thing, Phil. I, I think put that out because people want to play with that. I definitely want to play with that. Uh, okay. So what I want to talk about is tomorrow on the show, on my live stream, I'm going to be showing this. Let me flip my camera over real quick to a Pi Gamer running a little demo of a Spy Hunter style game that I'm working on inside of Make Code. Uh, and right now it's just really a graphic demo. I've got, uh, whoa, look out for that guy. I've got cars coming, trying to kill me here, and uh, I can move side to side, can't go past these roads, can accelerate and decelerate. And uh, the cool thing, as I'll show tomorrow, is this is just kind of a simple demo, but it was also really quick to make, uh, given uh, some, some simple particle style or projectile style uh, blocks that are available in Make Code. It was really quick to do something like this, where you've got things traveling at certain speeds, and then your, your controllable player here and having boundaries. Again, I continue to be amazed at what uh, you can get done quickly in MakeCode and also the quality and the responsiveness of the of the end result. And it's really fun and satisfying. Yeah, you can have a, a significant number of sprites on the screen. And yeah, I mean, like, it just works. Um, it's so amazingly stable. Uh, I've been, you know, writing some games in it. And, you know, it's you can't do everything, but the things you can do yeah. work very well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that'll be on the show. All the extras. Tomorrow. 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 Like, you know, the camera following the character, like, oh, it's right. so hard to do that. It's like, it's it's so hard to do if you're doing it all on C or C++. So it's yeah, and and the concepts are kind of the important part. It's like teaching the logic and teaching the concepts of a tile map that represents the world and then navigating around in that world and the layers of sprites on top of that. Like, this is all really, you know, still relevant to the games in particular, except you're approaching it from a really uh, quick results-based uh, approach versus a C++ from the ground up type of approach. So yeah, I think it's like, hi, I'm hitboxed. You know, it's just such a total pain. And like, you know, everybody basically has their own proprietary game system and it's not a lot, it's open sourced. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is this is pretty sweet. And uh, more is being added. I mean, like as we as we do projects and find bugs, um, I'm I check out the forums, people who haven't yet, you can, Put in requests and they'll they'll actually implement them. So now is now is this golden period where uh, they're they're not overwhelmed yet and they're willing to add more uh, capabilities. <laughs> yeah, the best part about MakeCode, unlike MakeCode Arcade, unlike a lot of the other um, handle platforms that we're seeing coming out, is you can always learn from the games. 
can always see how it's made, mm -hmm. which is more fun than just playing a video game. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yep. All right. Thanks, JP. Okay, Brian. LNUs. UNLs. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I've been making UNLs. You might ask, what is a UNL? Well, it's a U and an L all together so that you can attach your NeoPixels together in Ls or U shapes. So um, in doing so, I had to make, I had to figure out how to, how to get the ends of the different types of NeoPixel strips to attach correctly to the circuit board so that we could make all these fun shapes. And in doing so, I learned something interesting. That is that there is no less than three different sizes of NeoPixel strips. Uh, they each need their own footprint. So that was fun. Um, so let me see if I can switch over and show an example of what I've been working on. Uh, I think that has worked. Can you guys see that now? Yeah. So this is a. Use. Yep. This is this is an L and U. Uh, so we got some L's down here. Um, two different kinds that I'll get back to in a second. And this is a U. So you can imagine your ship coming in here and going out there, or coming in here and going out there. The L is similar. It will come in here and go out there. Um, actually, that's this kind. So this is like a, I call it like a simple L. So the strip will attach here and a strip will attach here. Um, and it'll make a nice L, but there won't be any NeoPixel right here. This is, I don't have a name for it, but what it will do is you'll attach here and the strip will go down this way or up, depending on your perspective. And then another one will go this way so that there will be a NeoPixel here, basically so that there will be a NeoPixel right in the corner. You won't have that one missing one in the corner. So this is just like a little kind of mini panel thing. It's got mouse bites, so you can separate them. Um, and we'll be making these in different sizes for all the different types of NeoPixels, um, you know, PCB sizes and number of pixels per meter. Um, so Use yeah. Use and L's. Use and, and L's. Yes. OK, thanks for the update, Brian. It's a sneak peek. Coming soon. Okay. All right, next up, let's go to Zen. Hey, Zen, welcome. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Oh, okay. So I go to um, go to Goodwill and look at different stuff, and I happened to come across a um, a hula bra and decided I would make a hula bra with NeoPixels. Amazing. And the Gemma <laughs> M0. And so... Uh, so basically, it's a, it's a, uh, so that I can show what it looks more like. It oh, yeah, it looks looks like purple yeah, and yeah. green. With the gem, I had an extra thing left over, so I used the, the capacitive touch to be able to change then, uh, what the neopixels are doing. You're so set for summer. I mean, then you're going to go, you got your beach body ready. Yeah, exactly. And I, I live in Asheville and, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of costuming and stuff like that going on. Um, and so I don't know if you can see. Uh, no, yeah, oh, yeah, sparkle effect. I love okay. it. This is, this yeah, is, the smiley is, is the big favorite. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and, and same with the twirly, which you can get, you know, oh, going nice. like this. Yeah. 
<laughs> whatever. Um, it was just a weekend project because I ordered a couple, a bunch of Gemma M0s and thought, I really want to do this. It, it also, it has a, a capacitive touch on each side. It's just a wire going between them. And, and with the, the LiPo um, 500, it, it lasts about 12 hours. So, you know, a full party night. Um, and so you can get good and drunk and well, it's good is that you know when you go to a party where everyone's got a hula bra on you'll <laughs> if you lose yours you'll know just don't jump into the pool with it okay the only thing that's missing is a scene on the show and tell sticker uh email yeah. support at adafruit.com put it on the side and everyone will know right there you, bra there you go show and tell and <laughs> You know, so I just have it do a bunch of different, which is fun to <laughs> sort of come up with different, uh, different routines that it goes through. But and that's all that's all it does. And I'm I've already got people wanting to buy one. So mitzvahs, weddings, funerals. I should do the uh, the skirt, which then would have neopixels go down, or the or the little um, the littler ones the the uh twinklers or whatever yeah. that would be that would be fun so can't wait to see it come by <laughs> check that out right, next up orlando do you have a hula bra you want to show off uh, i do not know bra <laughs> it's a shame when you show up at the same time <laughs> what do you have to orlando oh well it's good to be back after such a long time um, i know it's summertime and now, now we have time for fun things uh but i've been working on what i call the iso bunny uh, so you use an opto isolator. Uh, so the opto isolator essentially you're able to uh, to separate signals that may be contained to something higher voltage with something that's low voltage, like a motor versus an Arduino. Uh, that way you can essentially connect, uh, protect uh, the low voltage uh, device. Specifically, this one is for bio um, bioelectric signals, so like cardio um, electrocardiogram and things like that. And so the reason for that is you know whenever you're doing any sort of things with electrocardiogram where you basically hook up your electrodes to your chest to measure your ECG. Uh, you don't want to connect yourself to anything that might be high voltage because if there's any sort of short or anything like that, you know, that can be very disastrous for you. <laughs> uh, so the isobony essentially, so I had this with the students projects, but essentially they were building their own ECG. So they connected, you know, their ECG to the analog side and then they were able to safely connect to um, the other side that's doing all the sensing and things like that. That's connected to benchtop power supplies, lab view, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it's, it's fairly straightforward. So the way these guys works, they use essentially just a, an LED and photodiode on the inside. Uh, so essentially coupling uh, the signal via light. Uh, so if there's any short in between, you know, all it does, it just burns the light out, which is no big deal. Uh, so there's a cool little uh, knickknack that I made uh, for the students. They didn't necessarily quite appreciate it <laughs> as much as I did because <laughs> uh, they're introductory circuit students. Well, you know, they, they'll, they're happy. It's, it's good to introduce safety to them early. I mean, it's, you, it's not something you want to design last. You have to design in early. So uh, even if they didn't know that they appreciated it, uh, you, can, you can show them stories of, of before we had opto-isolation and the things yeah. that could happen to you. And, uh, and that's not fun at all. Hopefully, you know, the six of them, they're remembered for later. Uh, yep. But it's a little isolation module. Um, well, nice work. Filed up on GitHub. I don't know what I'll do with it after that, but we'll see. Yeah, post it up. I'm sure people would, I mean, people are always asking for isolation modules. It's always handy, especially one that you know is works, works with an ECG because of the, the analog levels. Mm -hmm. right, well, good to see you again. Yeah, if you want to stick with you, never get hold of this. Yeah. Be back. JMK, what are you up to? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, so um, I was 
um, I, uh, my mom had this old Garmin GPS in her car, and, and she didn't need it because she's using her phone or her car GPS now. So I thought, why don't I hack it? So I realized that Garmin um, um, has a lot of open source um, software. So I, I'm going to share my screen. So um, this is all their open source software. But um, the one problem is they don't have it for my specific one. I have the 2455, and mm. then we started using it in the 25XX. So um, that so I was like, come on, because I couldn't build it and run a custom version, which I would have done. So I decided um, oops, stop sharing. Um, to hack it myself. So I looked into the um, help. So I went, I plugged in the device to my computer, and I looked at the help files for the Garmin help directory or whatever, the help section, and I realized that they were just HTML4 files. So I was like, now I know what to do. So I just, um, I tried all sorts of tags. It's only HTML4, but it's good enough. And so I coded this. Um, it's called Nuvi Hacks because that's the name of the garment. Cool. And, um, it's got so I'm I'm coding an app to inject custom um, HTML into it. Um, trying to make like a um, setup app and kind. Of, it has no internet, but um, I'm trying to make it so it can load it in from a computer. And I decided, what well, um, if I'm gonna go on Adafruit? Why don't I put the Adafruit logo on it? So I was testing the image tag, and I thought, well, of course I'm going to use the Adafruit logo. Yay! So, there you so are. I got the, the Adafruit logo on the Garmin, and I wanted to get it animated, but when I tried to GIF, it just says um, image not found, but whatever. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, hey, good work. And I'm going to try to see what other tags I can use, and maybe I can get some sort of like um, animation or interactive element or whatever to work on here. Because obviously, they're not using like Chrome on a GPS, but yeah. they've got some sort of HTML viewing thing that's good enough to view images and this and that, and has a scroll bar and a search and stuff. So, yeah, I also tried to load the, hold on, the, um, the Adafruit website, a whole website. I just copied everything and put it on. And, well, it doesn't work, but you've got a few text things there, and I'm going to try to work that out, too. So, yeah. Good. All right. Probably there's a mini Wikipedia for projects like this. I know that they made a miniature version of Wikipedia. That'd be cool. So maybe try that. Come by next week. We'd love to check it out. Great. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Uh, we'll send you a sticker if you need yeah, one. Yeah, if you want a sticker, send me folks. Drop us an email. Okay, that's the show and tell. Thank for you, everybody. Tonight. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Zen, Zen Scott, Bill, Dragon, Dragon Orlando, okay, Noe, Pedro, Melissa, JP, JMKM, Brian. We're here every single week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for making this the best half an hour of our week every single week. We'll see everybody on Ask an Engineer, which just starts in about a minute or so. Happy summer, everybody. Okay, bye-bye. Later.